0: So, uh, we are now uh, in a new section of Scripture today. We've been going through the last four weeks. We had gone through this new sermon series that was called God is Able. We have finished that sermon series, and uh, we're going to look at a psalm today. And uh, the reason we're going to look at a psalm is not only does it help us to see the beauty of Jesus Christ and the goodness of our God, uh, but also it, it, it kind of helps us to get ready for uh, that time when in in which we uh, will meet together again as well as helps us to anchor ourselves in in christ alone and so i want to invite you to open up your bibles with you uh, uh, if you have them at home right now open them up to psalm 62 if you're there on your phone uh, if you're watching on your phone it'd be hard to get it digitally but if you're watching on a desktop or a laptop you can even open up your phone and uh, find psalm 62 there i recommend The good old-fashioned paper uh, page bible because i i just love having a real bible in front of me but however you have your uh your bible is fine with me we're going to be in psalm 62. allow me to pray as we enter into this time. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for uh, this day that you have given to us. We thank you that uh, we live in a day and an age in which, though we're not meeting here physically, uh, Lord, that we can still meet digitally. And I thank you for um, setting us up with that technology. Lord, I pray for those who might not be connected in in this sort of way. Lord, that we would still be able to, to minister to them. And Father, we ask that as we look into Psalm 62, that you would help calm our restless hearts that we would see that, uh, that when our hearts are restless, Lord, our, the only rest that we can find is the rest that we have in you, Lord. So would you send your spirit, God, to do that in our souls today? And it's in Jesus' name that I ask this. Amen. Well, in 2005, there was a store that opened up at the Mall of America with an absolutely genius plan. It was to give shoppers a rest. It was called Mini Napolis. Did you catch that? And it it rented comfy spots where shoppers that were tired could come and take naps or just rest for 70 cents a minute. Uh, It included certain theme rooms and and themes that were such as an, an Asian mist or a tropical aisle or a deep space, and the walls were so thick that you, it would just drown out the sound of the mall, people chattering and, and babies crying and, and children laughing. and it would just give you that sound uh, rest that you maybe needed when you're walking around the Mall of America. And the company's website banner read, escape the pressures of the real world into the pleasures of an ideal one. Isn't that catchy? And their press release was even more specific. It said this, It's not just napping. Some guests will want to listen to music, put up their feet, maybe watch the water trickling down in the beautiful stone waterfall. They'll feel better by breathing in the positive ionization-filtered air. Maybe enjoy uh, the full-body massager that they had in some of their beds. And just take an enjoyable escape from a fast-paced life. Doesn't that sound nice? I don't know about you, but that sounds nice to me. And though it's a novel idea, well, the store only lasted six months. Uh, It did, however, tap into a problem that many of us have. It might not have to do with sleep, however. Rather, many of us are struggling with a restless soul. With every announcement that the governor or even the president uh, gives, it seems like there's about 20% uh, uh, gladness that, hey, maybe things are going in in a direction that's good, although then we're stuck with 80% uh, feeling of just being let down and, and, and just... I don't know, worried or, or whatever. How long is this going to take? And it seems also like this pandemic and this stay safe order, as it drags on, we're finding it harder to mentally and spiritually and physically and economically deal with this. So what we need, what you and, and, and I need is a rest that isn't 70 cents a minute, or only lasts for an hour, a certain amount of time. You and I, we need a rest for our souls that is permanent, that is steady, and that is sure. King David of Israel was a man uh, who had many reasons to be troubled in his soul. He was public enemy number one. It seemed like he was on the run more than he was comfortable in his home. In fact, uh, even in his, some of his personal decisions, it, it negatively affected his family for generations to come, and it affected the entire nation's outcome. But yet, he found a rest for his soul in God alone. In Psalm 62, he tells us of that rest and instructs us to do the same. Here's what he wrote so long ago. Would you read with me in Psalm 62? For God alone my soul waits in silence. From Him comes my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I will not be greatly shaken How long will all of you attack a man to batter him like a leaning wall, a tottering fence? The only plan plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, and inwardly they curse. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence, for my hope is from Him He only is my rock and my salvation. My fortress, I will not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. Those of low estate are but a breath. Those of high estate are a delusion in the balances they go up. They they gather together lighter than a breath. Put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hope on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. Once God has spoken, and twice have I heard this, that power belongs to God. And that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love. For you will render to a man according to his work. So in Psalm 62, David understands a restless soul. And he tells us three things that we need to do in times like this. And the first thing that we need to do is we need to anchor ourselves in god alone anchor yourself in god alone you can you can sense the experience here that david Has accumulated throughout his life here in verses one and two. He writes us as a person who has known distress. He writes us as a person that has felt helpless. He writes us as a person who has felt alone. He writes us as a person that has felt vulnerable. This is someone who has obviously tried countless self help techniques and remedies and found that every single one of them have come up lacking. But somewhere along the line, David found the secret of getting through a crisis to anchor himself in the Lord alone. Look with me in verses 1 and 2. For God alone my soul waits in silence. From Him comes my salvation. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I will not be greatly shaken. So notice just a few things that David attributes to God's character. First, His salvation comes from Him. Another word for this salvation is deliverance or or rescue. And whatever situation it is that David has found himself here in, in Psalm 62, Uh, he knows that his only hope is in God alone. And not only is God the only hope that he has of rescue, notice that David also writes here that God is the only hope that he has of, 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 of being secure and stable when all hell breaks loose around him. He says, God alone is my rock and my salvation. See, a rock, especially a boulder, is not easily broken. You can can put a foundation on a rock and it's not easily swayed. It is stable. It is sure. Further notice here that David also considers God his fortress. A fortress is not a castle. It is not a, a housing unit for a king. It is a stronghold that is created for protection. It is a shelter that keeps the citizens safe when an enemy attack has come. And David then explains the the attack of these enemies and their futility when he anchors himself in the Lord, starting in verse 3. Would you read it with me? How long will you attack a man to batter him, like a leaning wall or a tottering fence? They only plan to thrust him down from his high position. They take pleasure in falsehood. They bless with their mouths, but inwardly they curse. Now, see, the interesting thing that we ought to take notice of here in these verses is David's realism. He is realistic about what is happening here. He isn't saying that this threat is fake, it's not real. He isn't saying that it's not destructive. He acknowledges the threat from his enemies as a legitimate attack. He is also very honest in recognizing his limitations and also his weaknesses. In verse 3, notice how he calls himself a, a leaning wall and a tottering fence. He is very vulnerable and at the point of breaking these are not good people who are doing these things to david these are these are people here that aren't limited to just violence but these are people that will employ deceit lies misinformation in order to turn people away from David. And here, these are notice in verse 4 that these are people that try to look squeaky clean on the outside, but it's only a ruse, it's only a trick to sway more people in their direction. Have you ever met people like that? Well, if so, you have a friend here in David. Now, in all of this recognition of this realistic threat that these people are, verses 5 through 7, David reiterates how he has come to know peace, how he has come to know security, how he has come to know hope, how he's come to know refuge, how he's come to know salvation, how he's come to know true glory. For God alone, O my soul, Wait in silence, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress. I shall not be shaken. So when David is resting here in the fortress of God, his knees don't shake. His voice doesn't quiver. His heart doesn't palpitate. And now in verse 8, notice that he instructs us on what we ought to do when we find ourselves in the pit of threats, in the mire of depression, or in the thick of anxiety. in the desperation of restlessness. He says, trust in Him at all times, O people. That is, Trust in God, not just in the good times when things are going great, when it seems like nothing could go wrong. Not just in the boring times, but he says, at all times. And more than that, we need to recognize our need for him. He writes, pour out your heart before him. Don't keep it bottled up. Pour it out like a large bucket that's full of water into a basin that can hold all of your problems and everything that you are struggling with. God is a refuge, David tells us. So why not place the anchor of your drifting boat into this all-sufficient Savior who is a rock and a fortress. So we need to anchor ourselves in Him. Secondly, I believe that David wants us to put no trust in other things. You know, if you ask anybody that has had lifeguard training, and they will tell you that when someone is legitimately drowning, unless you have received training and you know what to look for, you're not going to even realize that they're in distress, And further, if you talk to someone that that has had lifeguard training, uh, they, they will also tell you that if you aren't trained in water rescue, there's a good chance that the victim in their panic will grab you when you're trying to save them and pull you under along with them. And in so many cases, the victim and the rescuer end up drowning together. Now, I don't know where you are at right now. Perhaps you are drowning, but in a different way. It seems as if life is is pulling you down and you are doing your best to keep your head above water and and, and be able to uh, tread and get some sort of breath. But as much as you kick and as much as you bob to get that spiritual oxygen that you desperately need, you are starting to feel the effects of being tired and you're feeling like you're on the brink of losing it. Every lifeline that you thought would keep you afloat is like an untrained rescuer. It offers no help, and it's going to go down along with you. Or maybe these lifelines that you are that you're grasping at, that you're pulling at, are more like weights. That as soon as you grab onto them, the only help that they offer will get you engulfed quicker and bring you down faster. Well, in verses 9 through 10, David comments on the weaknesses of us and some of the the common things that we, we grasp for to get help. In verse 9, notice that he says that our status isn't going to help us. He says those of a low estate are but a breath. Those of a high estate are a delusion, So whether you are in a low status or whether you're in a high status, the outcome is exactly the same. Our end is death. Being rich won't help you. Being poor and humble won't help you. On the other hand, reaching out to those uh, for help for those who are in high positions won't ultimately be able to help you. Their end is just like yours. And further, notice that David comments that not only does your status not play a part in in your refuge, in your deliverance, but grasping for help illicitly, illegally, will even be worse. Look at with me in verse 10. Put no trust in extortion. Set no vain hopes on robbery. If riches increase, set not your heart on them. So going the wrong way about these things will only increase your misery. And notice that David here also tells us that grabbing the weight of prosperity won't help us. If riches increase, don't set your hearts on them. If life just seems to get better, we ought not to let our guard down because we know from experience that all of this can be swept away like that. Are you drowning in life right now? Struggling to feel like you can't even get a breath in? Don't put your hope and trust in things that can't ultimately deliver. Rather, put your hope in the one where true power and true security and true rescue come from and stake your life in Him. And that's our third point this morning, is that we need to know where true power and security come from. You know, whenever you've had some sort of experience, whether it's good or whether it, you know, something that wasn't so good, you typically have something that you learn from it. In verse 11, David tells us just what he has learned. He says, Once God has spoken, twice I have heard this, that power belongs to God, and that to you, O Lord, belongs steadfast love. So, after seeing God work in these mighty ways throughout his life, David can definitively say that power security and faithful love only come from the lord he didn't find it from reading the bible in itself even though that helped shaped his mind and his understanding he found it by experiencing it seeing god actually come through when he needed him and he found it by sheltering himself in the Most High God. And the crazy thing about all of this is that David, what he experienced, and experiencing the steadfast love of the Lord, was only incomplete. When he was trusting in the Lord, when he took shelter in the Lord, When he stood on God as his rock, he was only looking forward to the day in which God would once and for all provide the true fortress of Jesus Christ. When Jesus took on flesh and lived among us, He had situations in which his soul had to find rest in his Father alone. He learned obedience just like us, yet he did it perfectly. And even to the point of death on a cross, he entrusted his Spirit to God the Father. And because he abided in God the Father perfectly, when we trust him by faith, his perfect obedience, his perfect sheltering in God the Father is attributed to us. And after that, his work we are covered by his work, and we are free to live without fear. We who are weak and needy in ourselves are free to lean on this strong tower. We are free to shelter ourselves in God's fortress of the gospel. Unlike David, we have seen this fortress in Christ Jesus. So true power and security come from the one who died, rose from the dead three days later, incorruptible and victorious. And he said to us in Matthew chapter 11 verses 28 through 30, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden Is your heart tired and weary this morning? Do you need a rest? Go to Jesus who offers you that rest. Not for 70 cents a minute, but free and without cost or condition. You can find rest today in Christ alone. Let's pray. Father, many of us are restless this morning. Many of us need hope. Many of us need a word of encouragement. And Father, I pray now that you would have your spirit reach us wherever we are father i pray that we would find our rest in in christ alone that in him we would be rejuvenated in him we would find hope in him we would find true life would you do that miracle in our hearts this morning And it's in Jesus' name that I ask this. Amen.